Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. We help you win at the game of business and marketing so you thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. My name is Adam Homey. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decisions to tune in and invest in yourself today. Please be sure to check out our website, www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com where you will find a breadth and depth of topics relevant to business creators just like you. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite syndication networks such as iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Blog Talk Radio, and more, where you can download this episode and gain instant access to our entire treasure trove. So today, we're going to be chatting about printing money. Yep, that's right, printing money. Now, I don't mean necessarily that you're going to have a photocopier in your office, you're going to be making phony $100 bills or anything like that, but I'm dealing with a process where we use the power of the human mind that we all have to create money, to create revenues, to create profits. Sounding pretty interesting. Yes, we're going to get a little into hypnotism. We may get a little into NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. We're going to be taking this from a little bit of a different direction because this isn't about destroying the competition, not about finding a way to mark your niche or anything like that. We're going to be looking within today. And looking in with us is going to be a gentleman named Jason Lynette. He has hypnotized more than 250,000 people. He uses the principles of rapport and modeling to track what top business performers and professional athletes do differently to build their million-dollar brand. As a master of the micro-niche, Jason speaks to groups around the world and offers hypnotic success coaching to share how people in business can put his work-smart principles and strategies to use. Now, to be clear, Jason's process isn't magic because hypnotism is actually not magical. The results, however, can be magical. As I've discovered over the years myself, as somebody who has experienced a fair amount of hypnotherapy, and has even been interviewed on NPR on the topic. But for now, let's bring Jason in. Jason, come on in. The weather is fine. Hey, Adam. Thanks for having me. Great introduction there. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Now, you have a ton of stuff you want to share with us, and you and I were having a very lively conversation in the green room just a few moments ago, so I know we are going to have a lot of fun here. This is a topic that really resonates with me, and I've wanted to have this on the Business Creators Radio Show for a while. We uh, had a couple folks over the past couple years who have dealt with neurolinguistic programming, hypnotism, and things like that, uh, and this is going to be a new angle on that, and I love to cover these topics whenever I can. Before we do that, though, what we like to do is we like to take a quick step back. Some of our listeners probably have a browser tab open separately right now, and they're looking you up, and they're trying to learn more <laughs> about you, and they're learning more about these work smart principles, and they're going to worksmartbusiness.com. They're trying to discover more. So what I'd like to do is I read off your bio, but let's take a step back and just tell us a little bit about your journey and what's brought you to where you are today, serving business creators from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. 
Yeah, so my entry point into this is that, of course, not many people grow up with that goal of saying, I want to become a hypnotist when I get big. And I had originally been on a career path actually in management for professional theater. Now, I wasn't acting or designing. Instead, I was the sort of wizard behind the curtain calling the cues and uh, helping everybody to get along, which if that wasn't psychological training, I don't know what is. So I found myself burning out beautifully inside of that career, just getting frustrated with the long hours and the low pay. Meanwhile, the other part of my story dates back to like the welcome week that they do at a college where they brought on board a hypnotist to come and do a comedy uh -huh. show. And I'm watching and just something about it just fascinated me. And that night I was going online and ordering books and different things I could do to, to, to learn more about this. And just it kind of was growing as a bit of a hobby off to the side and started to earn a small, you know, side income from it around 2007. And really at that peak of burnout, I was on track to get a specific production management job in theater and just getting frustrated. And suddenly there came the job offer and I just knew it wasn't a fit anymore. And instead that was every opportunity to jump ship and start my own business and really quite honestly have not looked back ever since. Well, see, good for you. And I remember, too, when I was in college and they brought in the hypnotist. Yeah. And I was told at the time that when my buddies went up and got hypnotized, the hypnotist was actually able to say which ones were actually under hypnosis and which ones were faking it. See, there's a misconception that with when people hear about a hypnotist, they vision this person dangling some kind of pendant and saying, you're getting very sleepy. Now, yeah, there usually is some sort of chance or some sort of countdown that's meant to put you in a state of hypnosis. But one of the misconceptions for folks who have not been under proper hypnosis is you totally black out and forget things. Uh, that may be true in some cases, but my experience with it, and I just want to get your experiences as a practitioner and your thoughts on it, my experience is I've always been fully aware and have always been fully in control of the experience. It's just a matter that I'm in a different state of consciousness that opens my mind to being able to see and experience things that I don't see on a day-to-day -day basis. So based on your experience as a hypnotist, what do you – what kind of feedback do you get, and what do your clients uh, tend to experience, just so that our audience can understand and we can bifurcate this? Sure. We can actually rewind back a bit and just define the process and the modern terms that we use nowadays. So we talk about hypnosis, by definition, being a bypassing of those critical faculties of the mind, which that's a lot of technical jargon, but what it basically <laughs> means is automatic response in spite of those things that we're already aware of. So easy example would be that you're driving in your car thinking of everything other than driving your car. You still end up where you'd like to go. You could be watching a movie. You know it's all fiction. There are actors dressing up and pretending, and yet we still get swept up in the story. Or more importantly, let's look at a personal change. One of my sort of niche markets that I spend a lot of time in are people in business who are having issues with public speaking. And here's this person who knows they are fully qualified to present their message. Here's this person who is having the opportunity to share with passion the thing that they have created as their business and has become their livelihood. And yet, in spite of that, they're shaking like they're back in their third grade math class. So to those people, right. I'd politely say, professionally speaking, you're already doing hypnosis. Let's just show you how to do it better. 
is the mindset behind it. So let's take that positive message that you've already been saying to yourself that I should be feeling this, I should be feeling that. And instead, let that become that new normal. Take that dominant voice and now let that become the actualized reality. So yes, the better sort of framework of it nowadays is rather than loss of control or loss of awareness, it's a heightening of control. It's a heightening of awareness. And really, instead of being under or being in trance, the sort of framework that I introduce to people is think of this as a process of accelerated learning. That we're taking that, again, message that you've already been saying to yourself, the, the, the dialogue I'd have with a potential client or even a business if I'm on the platform speaking, the actual message that needs to be delivered is what's coming from them as opposed to something that I've thought of or I've read from a book 20 years ago. Instead, here's what that specific message is that needs to overwrite that old negative thinking. Yeah, I became aware of the power of hypnosis for myself uh, going on 10 years ago. When I was at a seminar, I believe it was an Armin Morin seminar, and Marshall Silver was a yep. guest speaker, and he did oh, a yeah. demo for us. <laughs> yeah, and he did a demo for us. You know what I'm talking about. And uh, yep. and I volunteered to go on stage. And the first thing he would do is he would evaluate the people who volunteered to determine who was suggestible. And he selected me as one of the as one of the, the suggestible types. And I couldn't believe it myself. I mean, you know, people around me, he would have a conversation with them, then he would either point or snap his fingers or say a word really loud, and they would just drift off. And all those people, I spoke with some of them afterwards, and they said, yeah, I know full well what happened. And I, and I felt the moment that my body and my muscles relaxed, and I slumped over. And the whole time, they felt like it was a conscious decision on their part to allow it to happen. Now, for me, he selected me, for those who are familiar with one of Marshall's classic demos, to be the Queeblian translator, which means I'm the only Earthling who can speak the language of the alien from Queeblia, and therefore mm -hmm. I translate between that alien and all the other humans on the stage. And I was in the, I was in the hypnotic state while I was acting as a Queeblian translator, and I was injecting things that I would say on a daily basis, like I was making colloquial references to things in my own life and putting them in the words of the Queeblian alien and all that. But <laughs> all the same, I was aware that I was in this heightened state, although I was fully conscious, I had complete control of everything going on around me. And even though the Queeblian alien was literally just saying, <laughs> I was able to hear their words and turn that into American English for the benefit of the audience. I'll tell you one other benefit from that is um, is at the end of the demo, it was time for dinner, and Marshall Silver I, uh, assigned me and the Queeblian alien to go to the back of the room and stand by the door and greet everybody as they left. Now, the Queeblian alien thought, oh, this is dumb. I'm going to go and network. I stood there, and I <laughs> shook 350 hands. You know how many friends yeah. I made that I still have <laughs> as a result of that exercise? Every time, every time I see Marshall, I, I give him a big hug and thank him for my life. Nice, nice. Yeah, but the reason I bring that up is I just wanted to you know, explain to people that, yeah, I, I know what it means to be under a hypnotic state and be fully aware of everything that's going on. Actually, be aware that I'm hypnotized and know that I have complete control, but allow my mind to be open to other things. Another quick example is a few years ago I went through – a really, really nasty breakup, and I could have 
spent months in mourning and and frustration and everything, but I went and uh, did a hypnotherapy exercise two hours and fixed. Doesn't make doesn't mean that uh, I didn't have feelings of love or feelings of hurt or feelings of anger or anything like that, but it's just a matter that being in that state allowed me to access things about myself and develop new strengths that I didn't even know well, I had. That yeah, I was able back to, to that definition. Yeah. Right. The definition of being that bypassing part of the mind. It's not the deletion of it. So in many ways, it's taking some of those, that, like I mentioned before, the messages you've already been wanting to deliver to yourself and letting that become that dominant voice that one of the ways that I tend to describe it is that here's a quick office thing that I had to do the other week that I do a lot of video production within my business. And I had to go off to Best Buy and pick up a new four terabyte hard drive to back up a new project. Yeah. And I had to then format the hard drive to talk to both uh, – I have a desktop Windows computer and an Apple laptop, and there's a magical way you can format the hard drive so it will work on both devices. Correct. So I went in, and within a matter of two clicks, in a matter of seconds, I completely deleted everything on the hard drive. We would like Oops. to think that our mind can work that efficiently, yet the truth is it's a little bit more like the old VHS cassette tape that instead we need to rewrite that patterning, write that new software, as it yeah. were. So, you know, there, there's a principle that I live by that I've nicknamed the power of premise, that to look at how the word because could become the most empowering word in our language, it could also become the most challenging word in our language. That, you know, well, because of this situation, it's not the right time to take action in my business. Because of this, I'm going to push that deadline off even further. And because of this, maybe, well, maybe next year we'll see how things go. As opposed to those same triggers, well, you know, because I've got kids, I'm going to really focus on the shape of my business to really scale things up in such a way that I don't have to be there as much anymore running the business. Right. Because of this current market trend and, you know, stuff that's going on in the country, instead, that's every reason why people are in need of a positive message. And I can help them make that happen. And what's great about those examples that you shared is that if I'm the one on the platform giving a presentation to a group, let's say to talk about how do you internalize the goals, how do you actually take those mission statements of the business and turn them into actionable items, we can use some of those, if not comedy, hypnotic demonstrations, yet to now spin them in such a way that well, what's the learning lesson? What's the teaching lesson? Here's a moment where someone in a presentation and a quick demo, it becomes a bit of a magical moment where they're not able to see me. I've given the hypnotic suggestion for a negative hallucination. No matter where you look in the room, you won't see me at all. And then funny things begin to happen as a result of that, of course, bringing myself back at the end of it. Yet it's then to really use that demonstration, to use that quick presentation as the emotional hook to then talk about this mindset that there's so many opportunities that are out there. There's so many abundant ways that we can grow our business. And sometimes we're looking right at them, but we're not seeing them, which rather than just try to drill down a mission statement, rather than just trying to reiterate the same positive message over and over. Now, just like you in the back of the house, shaking all those hands, there's a tangible reality attached to it. There's something memorable connected to it. And that's what makes that message actually stick. Yeah. And, and, you know, it was interesting, uh, again, and this, this should be the last time I bring it up, is when I was, um, I was uh, going through the exercise of dealing with that breakup, at the same time, not only did we cure the issues around the breakup, or at least give me a new frame to look through them, but we also 
managed to find the cause for a recurring dream I've been happening I've been having for years and yeah. also since I was a child about once a year a famous person from history I won't say the person's name uh but uh this famous person from history actually they're kind of an infamous person and they would show up to me about once a year and they would say please whenever you speak of me tell them I tried to stop it and without getting into the person was, basically, uh, they were communicating to me that they tried to stop World War II before it happened. Now, the point behind that recurring dream I was having and that person appearing to me like a ghost coming up now at the same time we're dealing with a breakup is the, the power that was unleashed through the hypnosis was the ability to be strong through integrity in the face of challenge and to recognize that when you stand with integrity, even if it's a muddy situation where, because, you know, with breakups, you know, everybody's at fault to a certain degree and nobody really looks good. But mm -hmm. when you handle it with integrity and you handle it with as, as much confidence as you can, the people who are truly your tribe will stand with you. And, that, and those three things coming together gave me an incredible amount of power, not only for my life, but for my business, it was just the destiny of all three of those issues to be resolved at once. And it was access, and because I was in the hypnotic state, my mind was open to allowing those lessons to come out in a way that I could not see through any level of conscious or analytical review. You know, what's beautiful about that is that, let's, let's put this into a practical sense for business people that are out there, there's a method of communication that we can refer to as being artfully vague. And the message of this yes. often becomes that when you say less, you're often saying more. So like, for example, you know, I'm not in the same room with you right now as we're having this conversation. And if I said to you, it's warm where you are, it's warm there, you'd have to stop and make a judgment. But if I simply said yes. instead... You can notice the temperature of the air in the room. That gets that, oh, yeah, absolutely, kind of response to it. Yeah. So here's this example where we can take something, let's say whether the mind – let's phrase it this way. If the mind is presenting something in form of metaphor, that instead of going this is this and this is what this means, the flexibility, again, back to that premise mindset, what can I do with this? What can I learn from this? Here's this coincidence that may occur. Here's this dream that keeps popping up. And rather than stop and label and say, this only means this one thing, it, it's the same way that like good poetry, like a good piece of music or a good play or movie, the audience is leaving and they're still talking about it. There's still a dialogue that's happening. And to be able to track down you know, that origin story behind it and even better, to begin to grow from it as a result of that is where things really begin to take off that you – know, back to that public speaking example that I mentioned before – we could spend our entire time talking about how mean that math grade, math third grade teacher was, but instead the process can now take the shape of yes, but what are you going to do with that? You know, here's this person that's no longer in your life, and instead here's every opportunity to communicate with an audience better, educate people in a way that, let's say it this way, she should have been educating instead rather than berating a bunch of uh, nine-year-olds, instead to begin to change that story, move things in a much better direction that we can sort of overcharacterize personal change by uh, two motivational factors. Either way, there's always a stick involved. You're either poking with a stick or dangling a carrot at the end of the stick. Yeah. We're either moving towards pleasure 
or we're moving away from pain. And we can make that conscious decision for ourselves. And again, to use the language, start to reprogram that mindset to move in the direction that we want. I love, I love this. I mean, this is fan, fantastic. So when you approached us a few weeks ago uh, asking to be on the Business Creators Radio Show, I knew we had to have you on because I recognize the power of all this. And I've also seen people in business use the power of hypnosis to unchain things. So let's move this more, you know, even more specifically to business applications so our business creators can begin to see for themselves is as a hypnotist, what is it that you can do that helps people grow their businesses? And if you have any um, stories where the names are changed to protect the innocent uh, so people can envision this for themselves, that'd be great. Well, let's rewind part of it back, too, to give some of the background to this, that when I first opened up shop, I suddenly had was these experiences in the local networking community where I was gear, hearing a lot of negative dialogue, that it's going to be slow your first year. People won't come see someone who doesn't yet have testimonials or referral sources, and maybe you shouldn't have quit the day job that quickly. And it was all from a very well-meaning place that they were sharing these things. And I just refused to buy into that idea. So instead, I hit the ground running. I was out in the community giving talks, going to networking events, shaking hands just like you were. I wasn't speaking in alien form. But there I was in that experience just spreading with a passion uh, what I was doing in my business. So the result of that was that I completely packed my schedule in the first month. And the same community that was originally uh, kind of a little cautious around trying to give me well-meaning advice – Well, now the dialogue had changed, and they're now asking me, wait, how did you do that? So this is where, from the early days, I was there now talking about what I was doing to grow my business. So I launched an online program by the name of Hypnotic Business Systems, where suddenly now I had people in the hypnosis community. I had people in related wellness industries, you know, acupuncturists, chiropractors, a lot of massage therapists were in there, a few health coaches. And this became that mechanism that I was teaching how to drive the business. Well, again, I was now in the position of seeing a bunch of individual clients, and very often people's issues kind of are influenced by or holding back their business. And as we do in the 21st century, you're going to buy something, you're going to hire somebody, you start to Google them, you start to look them up. And what was happening was that my clients were reaching out to me for personal change, fear of public speaking, fear of failure, even at times fear of success. But then they were seeing, wait a minute, this guy also has the strategies to make the phone ring, to build high-value programs, to take a service and now productize it into something you can offer online. So there's one specific story that I think helps to outline this, that here is a chiropractor that she reached out to me with an issue with public speaking that the the business was kind of slow this time of year and some of the recent changes in the insurance industry that her business kind of uh, leveled off a bit. And she's reaching out because she's having an issue with public speaking. Now, this becomes a place that I'll give the next part of the story a bit of a polite disclaimer, that I'm not one of those people who puts down an entire industry. You know, yes, there are some colorful ways that sometimes the multi-level marketing world is often run, Yet there's many good products, many good companies out there who choose the multi-level marketing format as the means to put out their message. And for the one that she was actually connected with, I've got several of their products in their home. I'm not the one who sells it, but I think it's good stuff. I bring that up because she has now been convinced that the only way she's going to drive attention and profit to her business 
is to start selling these products. And I'm seeing there's a bit of a disconnect there because that's not her passion. So it becomes a moment in the office of just having to politely give another disclaimer to go, well, I'm going to say something, and if it's a fit, let's talk about it. If I'm wrong, let's take a two-minute break and reset, and we'll just pick back up where we left off. I think the reason you're so anxious around this presentation is you don't want to sell this product because instead you want to be a chiropractor, yet you've been convinced that the market is now completely down on that and it's not the right time. But again, you'd rather be a chiropractor than sell these products, and that's part of why you're nervous. And she sits there like a deer in the headlights and goes, yes, absolutely. So we have to then vary the conversation a bit to go, well, what are you doing to get those clients? And as we work together, yes, part of the work was the actual hypnotic intervention to change that inner dialogue, let go of some of these old past stories and experiences, throw in a few hypnotic language patterns so she's able to go in as if with a bit of a superpower skill that now she can communicate her message more intently, more positively, but at the same time looking at her actual client-getting strategies that it had to become that full system. So this this one story I think best characterizes some of the more one-to-one work that I do with people, You know, similar to that place that sometimes it is that generative change. Here's a guy who wanted to overcome the public speaking issue to become more visible at work. Well, he got over the issue, he became more visible at work, and he got the big promotion that he had wanted and was the motivator to reach out to me. So here came this experience, though, where he calls back two years later, and it's not that, oh, no, the hypnosis stopped working, because, no, he had been speaking consistently almost daily to his team. That was no longer an issue. But now he had almost graduated to another problem, which was that now his staff was kind of unruly and he was taking the stress home, which became this funny place of recognizing that, you know, well, I wouldn't have this problem if I hadn't have overcome the first problem. And as he put it simply, this problem is now worth an extra $60,000 a year to me, yet uh, just help me not take it home. So looking at it again from this split focus of sometimes it is the strategy, sometimes it is the mindset, that it's not just the one thing that we can sit back and say to the business owner, oh, yeah, just do Facebook ads. That's all it takes. No, it's the thinking, it's the logic, it's that internal dialogue that we've also got to change. Otherwise, none of that stuff is going to work. Right. And I think it's, um, you know, it's funny you mentioned, and we've had many interviews on the Business Creators Radio Show about Facebook advertising. And there are people who think that that's the one way to grow your business. And uh, there are those that say they'll never do Facebook advertising because they think it's dumb. I'm not turning this into a conversation about Facebook advertising. I'm just pointing it out because... You mentioned it, and now we're getting into tactics. And uh, what we see way too often is uh, an attempt to link a tactic to success. I've told people many times that I I say this almost every episode these days, is God gave me a face for radio. Uh, At least he was consistent, and he also gave me the voice. This is what I do well. So this is why it's an audio podcast, not a video podcast, because I'll tell you that there are days that I tell my clients, no, sorry, I know we're doing the Zoom chat, but uh, my camera's in the other room, and uh, I didn't put on my rouge this morning, so I just can't do it. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) It's going to have to be audio, and that's um, that's just how it is. And I've also told folks that if you ever – yeah, can you you hear me? I can hear you fine, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I was going to say, if you ever catch me anywhere uh, doing one of those videos where I'm holding a phone up to my – 
face and I'm walking and talking that I've hired a hitman to uh, execute a contract <laughs> on me, and you're welcome to join in the fun. Whoever whoever hits me first and completes the job can have the life insurance money. Mm-hmm. My point being is that um, there are folks that I know who are absolutely killing it doing that strategy. Me, aside from the fact that I don't want to be – I don't even want my photograph taken more than absolutely necessary. In fact, just uh, the other night I was at um, – I was at a little event here, and at the end, everybody wanted to do a, a big group picture. And uh, and I naturally gravitated to the back and stood behind the tallest person. And folks said, oh, come on, get out there. No, 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 no. I'm in exactly the place I want to be here. Believe me. Uh, so the point being is I have many ways that I can succeed. And if I choose to, I might want to look into – uh, why I don't want to have my photograph taken. I don't want to be on video more than necessary. Um, part of it, I'll, I'll say right here, part of it has to do with uh, what's known as OPSEC, is the more photographs of you that are taken, the more you create a liability for yourself, even if you're not doing anything wrong. And it's just always been my belief that there's no need for there to be, to be 5,000 pictures of you. Maybe there's something rooted in that. I don't know. But I'm not linking a tactic to success. And what I'm hearing, what you're saying, Jason, is when you link tactics to success, um, it precludes the opportunity to reach deeper into the mind and open up those new channels that can lead us to revenues and profits. Well, there's the, the first thing I have to respond to that is to mention that you can have pizza at the Chinese food buffet. That's which is true. about the weirdest thing I could suddenly say as a transition. And there's, there's a chapter <laughs> in my in my Work Smart Business book called Play, and the whole theme of it is this metaphor that you can have pizza at the Chinese food buffet. That you go to a Chinese food buffet, they have, of course, Chinese food. They often have other related cuisines. But then sometimes, of course, they have foods that are there for, let's call it out, the rather picky eater. So they've got chicken fingers, they've got french fries, and yes, indeed, they often have pizza. Where does this come into the shape of our business? You can't do everything, and you shouldn't do everything. You should pick those channels that you best want to use. My version of that is I do quite a bit of video in the business. Um, My version is the I'm always turned off by the I'm now broadcasting a live video while I'm driving. Um, No, uh, focus on the road, Uh please. (laughs) Instead, this mindset of, again, choosing those things that you want to focus on. So I had a student one time who – I was working with that he was getting caught up in the idea that he had an online product and he goes, well, should I build like a long form sales page for this? Should I do like a funnel thing? Should I do a webinar? How should I do it? And I responded, you could have pizza at the Chinese food restaurant. And what I meant by that was pick the one thing that you enjoy the most first. And then from there, really do that strategy full out. Put all your intention into it. Then from there, that now becomes one of your streams to guide into that program. Now you can start to build other systems. So here's one of my products that I sell that I can count. Uh, There's ongoing webinars. There's uh, pre-roll podcast intros that often point to it. There are a series of just, you know, different lectures and demonstrations. I have just full videos of on YouTube that point to that as well. And here's all these streams that people can end up at the same result. So it's our right as the business owner to to pick and choose. Those are the things I'm passionate about. These are the things I like doing. Uh, what I was trying to interject in there earlier was that it's a bit of a shame that I put on my tuxedo for this recording, but the audience can just imagine that for their uh, creativity. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, and, and real and real quickly, one of the debates, you know, since you mentioned uh, how to promote something, you mentioned you know, should I do a long-form sales letter, is you see every so often it comes up in some discussion forum or some news thread or something, and somebody says, yeah, I really hate that long sales copy. Just tell me how much and how to buy it. Uh, I have actually hosted discussion forums on long copy versus sales copy, and what I found is uh, I can go to some of those folks who, in some cases, I believe are saying that they, quote, unquote, hate the long-form sales copy because they've been programmed that that's the, the response they're supposed to have. Because to say, I love the long-form sales copy implies that I support complex marketing, which somehow is supposed to be a bad thing in some circles. And if they say, well, you know, I really just – I really just – he really hate that long form copy and and just just tell me how much and how I can get and I say really well I and think it's to look at we talked even, about they, writing they don't even a joint of that I never rejoined it's like I say really because now I'm get, I'm causing them to reflect on do I what why mm-hmm. see the short the short answer that I've discovered through all these years of hosting discussion forums on this very topic is the answer is from a marketing and tactical perspective is whether long form or short form is better is it depends on a bunch of factors. Fantastic. That's not the topic of the, that's not the topic of this interview, so we won't get into that. But the short answer is it depends. Well it comes down to again the testing that for that specific product, for that specific yeah. market, to go in and be willing to find out. Oh, I, I share a business story right. that and this comes down to the value of building relationships with your audience and more importantly, listening to your audience, that here's a moment years ago that I designed what I knew was the greatest need uh, in terms of one of my niche markets. So I designed this full one-day event, spent all sorts of time, energy, and money to uh, build you know, a webinar, to build a series of videos and promotion, a whole web page with all the details. All this time and energy invested in this one thing that I knew, this is what got my business running. And I had one person sign up. <laughs> and I reached out to that person, and basically uh, we did something instead remotely. Now, the next go-round, what did I learn from this? This is that work-smart mindset. Instead, now I reached out to my audience, and I asked them, what is your greatest need in your business? What is the biggest sticking point? And I heard a very different response than what my perception, what my mind read uh, had turned out to be. So the next go round, I designed something that was exactly what I knew my audience was looking for, sold it at a bit of a premium. We sold the event out at 30 live attendees, and it's now a product that I still sell to this day. So when all else fails, ask. To, To bring it into the context of hypnotic language patterns, there's something that we call the meta model, which is that of gathering information and just gathering that data, taking in what's that feeling, what's that expectation, what does it feel like in your body, what's the words you're saying to yourself. And then the other side of it is what's called the Milton model, named after a well-known hypnotist by the name of Milton Erickson, that that Milton model is one of now taking the information and putting it to use to help to facilitate the change the person has reached out to you for. So the reason I bring this up in a business context from a personal change side of things, if I'm trying to be in that change model and I don't know what I should be doing yet, that really is a cue I'm in the wrong part of my work. I should be instead in that meta model gathering more information. 
So if you don't know what to sell your audience, if you don't yet know what your audience is looking for, ask. Open up that dialogue, and by doing so, that's going to really strengthen that ongoing relationship because now you're actually offering and solving the problem that they actually have. Yeah, and I think this, uh, and I think this is a great uh, segue. There's a question I've been wanting to ask for uh, well nigh going on almost uh, 40 minutes here. We are really cruising through <laughs> our time together here. This is great. Is and I think we may have partially answered this already. So I'm going to allow for that possibility. But this would, and if, and if that's the case, then this is a great opportunity to start pulling these concepts together so that people can see all the correlations. Is Jason, what do you mean when you tell business owners to print money? I don't think you mean get a photocopier. No, not at all. So the the story behind this is that in my old career, there I was, like many people who were working for someone else, throwing everything I could into my career. And at the end of the year, hallelujah, I got a 3% raise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the difference becoming from the business side of things, the difference really being now that I run my own show, now that it's my business, uh, there's a story I, I share in the Work Smart Business book that I was uh, looking at a silly expense. And, you know, there's many people who teach marketing and sales and mindset for business, and they have incredible stories about, you know, buying the sports car, the dream vacation, which I, I have some of those stories. I think the story of wanting to spend $250 on what's called the Flash Pass, the thing you can use at a Six Flags theme park, so you can, you're not technically skipping the line at the roller coaster, you're just reserving your spot in line in advance. You're basically right. skipping in line. So we decided that uh, taking our kids to the theme park, this would make our trips a lot easier. And it was a silly expense. We we had the money in savings and checking accounts. It was a non-issue. could have been spent better ways, but we definitely had the money. But instead of dipping into those funds, it was me going, you know, watch this. And I took one of my online programs that typically sells for a little over 600 and crafted two quick emails to go out one day, then the next day, which was basically the double offer of here's a small promotion on that. Here's a bonus that these people will get. Twelve spots are open. Uh, in a matter of 24 hours, I sold out all dozen of it, so brought in about $6,000 from those two emails, covered the expense of the, the flash passes at the Six Flags theme park, and we did something more reasonable with the remainder of the money, putting it into uh, investments and savings. And this is that mindset of printing money. There are so many opportunities that are out there, whether it's a product that we already have, such as what I did there, whether it's the opportunity that suddenly I was involving uh, myself in a lot of networking groups, and I saw that they needed a workshop on communication strategies to really maximize, let's say it's the B&I group, where you get up and you've got 45 seconds, you've got 60 seconds to nail your message. And I did a hypnotic language workshop for network marketing. And that was a specific need that I saw. And because I saw the opportunity, because I made the offer, I was able to metaphorically print money in my business. So I see so many people, unfortunately, stuck in the scarcity mindset that, you know, there's not enough opportunity out there. Oh, no, my competition is doing a Groupon offer or some deep discount thing. The print money mindset is one that really frees you up to look at whatever opportunity is out there. That's what we can create for ourselves. So it's that ability to take a step back and look at every opportunity, look at every dialogue, and even markets inside of markets often exist 
that the, the idea of niche marketing, but as I put it, micro niche marketing, to look at here is, of course, weight loss. Yet I don't tend to see a lot of standard weight loss issues in my local office or even as I work with people around the world, thanks to Zoom or Skype. Instead, here's the one specific category that they're diabetic and they need to control their eating to control their blood sugar numbers. And by doing that, that's going to help them to lose weight. But the main intention is getting that laser specific in their health. We bring up Facebook as we did before. It's never the platform. It's always the strategy. So there's one specific video testimonial that I have that I can turn that thing on as a Facebook ad campaign, and that just metaphorically prints money. When I run that, it hits such a small targeted audience that that's what drives the business in. So it's to look at every opportunity that's out there, every opportunity that's there, and ask yourself, what need can I serve? What benefit can I serve these people? And that's how you print money. And that's one of the, the joys of entrepreneurship. And, and you know, you went back to something uh, that I remember very, very well from uh, when I had a job, and I had yeah. a supervisor who was one of those people who would actually be candid about stuff. And we were, and uh, they were, uh, you know, we were given these annual employment reviews or whatever they were basically supposed to be uh, torture sessions by design and uh, a person could get um, anywhere from zero to five uh, as their aggregate score and then that would correlate into basically the same percentage of what kind of raise they would get and this supervisor of mine told me very candidly very early said yeah I see on you know you see on this piece of paper that you can get anywhere from a zero to a five on this evaluation. And uh, that means you can get anywhere from no raise at all to up to a 5% raise. Well, what you need to know behind the curtain is that uh, there are these things called budgets, and we as managers and directors are told exactly how much budget is available and how much of a raise you can actually have. So your raise is not really determined on your performance. It's determined on how much money we have to give you. So in your case, uh, I've only been budgeted to give you a three and a half percent raise, so mm. I have to justify why you don't deserve five. So take everything I'm about to say to you with a grain oh, of salt, wow. because this is. All, <laughs> he said, "Take everything I'm about to say to you uh, with a grain of salt, because this is all bullshit anyway." Mm-hmm. You know, there's and, an odd and, story and, that and, pops and, up. And that. I, yeah, and I think oh, if ahead. more people were candid that way, we would see what's going on. That's one of the joys of entrepreneurship: is uh, hey, you you need more money, you can go get it. You know, there's a funny thing that this is, again, that that safety of the personal business, that there was a class that I was teaching, and we have a brand-new shopping mall that just opened up a few blocks from where my office is, and we had we had a good problem. Too many students signed up for the event that we couldn't do it at my office, so I was exploring, hey, here's this new mall that opened up with a lot of empty space. Uh, I've got event insurance. I will supply all the tables and chairs. We already own them at the office. We just need more physical uh, sort of uh, square footage for this event. Um, Here's a reasonable fee. Could I just pay you this? And we just use that empty space. And the manager of this mall is going, that's an amazing idea. I love it. And within a week, he has to call back and go, well, we're part of a corporation, and we can't figure out what category to expense this as, so I don't think we can do it. So here's a place where there was money on the table, every expense and liability was covered, yet because they couldn't figure out a category, the same as your story around, you know, I, I can't give you five, so you need to give me a reason why I can't. 
as opposed to to go, you know, here's a a chunk of my business that I want to do more of. I can increase that. Here's a segment of my business this year that I'm now subcontracting to someone else because I don't really have the time to be doing that aspect. So it's that safety net that we really have as the entrepreneur that we have that ability to create our own outcomes and the real mindset and the in the lead generation chapter of my book it comes back to the whole mindset of relationships that I didn't go up to this girl at my college back in 2003 and say you and I are going to get married um and have kids because that would have been creepy and then again we've been married right. now for more than 10 years so it might have worked but I see so many people frustrated in the shape of their business asking, why is no one calling me? Why are people not paying me if I send out this email promotion or put up a flyer? Instead, ask yourself, where am I in this relationship, especially for referral sources? Where am I in this relationship? And then that's what's going to dictate what other courtship steps have to be in place to move that relationship needle forward. Right. And, yeah, and I think these are – these are things to consider. And I've seen that whole thing happen before where people uh, take the uh, build it and they will come approach. A real funny, funny little anecdote I have is, and this is, yeah. you'd have to know this is about 14 or 15 years ago this happened. <laughs> when I tell you this 30-second story is uh, somebody paid one of my previous companies $500 to put up a landing page for their, for their book. Uh, and the book had some generic title I can't remember the exact title. It was something like How to Overcome Fear. It was something that general. And mm-hmm. after months later, after this project was completed, uh, this person came back to me and said, Help! My book is not number one on Google! Okay, for $500, you weren't getting that number one. Uh, for a <laughs> title like How to Overcome Fear, there ain't nothing for people to look for. And uh, right, yeah. number three, number three, what are we supposed to do? Just call Google and tell them to make it the number one search result? And this person was so disconnected from the power of printing money that they actually thought that uh, they said, yeah, I kind of thought you would have called Google and told them to make my, my web page the number one search result. It's like, yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> if I had that secret, I could, just, I could just make my entire living selling it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't quite, doesn't the, quite uh, work the, that way, so that's not how you print money. Yeah, the TV show The Office, when that was on, there was one gag when they ran – I think there was an episode where they organized like a uh, uh, 5K fun run, and the whole bit was the Michael Scott, the uh, Steve Carell character, going, oh, this is a big deal. You think YouTube is going to cover this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and recognize that we're the, we're the ones who make that business run. We're the ones who – not just find those opportunities, but create those opportunities, but then also take that leadership of, again, uh, this is where I, I always talk about, you know, rather than what can I sell these people instead, what can I give these people? How do I offer value to help them create some kind of small win to then navigate to the next step of that business communication? By doing that, there's no moment of having to, quote, go into that seller's mindset that some people are blocked off from. I think selling is a noble art, that when you're selling something that people need, you are solving a problem that up until now they've been stuck inside of. But by thinking about the what can I give them, what experience can I share with them, that's where suddenly now it shifts into that dialogue that we're just helping someone to provide that result. And if the whole sales dialogue is dictated by the catchphrase, how do I make that easier for you? That's what's going to naturally lead into our products, our services, whatever our business model is. Yeah, 
yeah, that's that's very that's very true. So uh so uh circling back and starting to bring things together as we go into our the last quarter hour of our time here together, uh what you know, let's say somebody listening right now recognize the power of bringing a hypnotist in to help them grow their business. Uh, how exactly would that work? So let's imagine that I'm the customer and I've heard about this thing called hypnotherapy or hypnosis and I think, oh, this sounds pretty cool. Maybe I can print money this way. Uh, what would you say and how would you guide me? What it tends to begin with is by asking you, what do you want that result to be? How do you want things to be different? Right. Okay, so how I would want things to be different, I mean, I can, if we want to do a little bit of a role play here, uh, let's see. For example, one of the things I would like to be different is I would like to see a greater percentage of my business uh, where it's an actual leveraged, scalable, and saleable business. I have a consulting firm right now that has a, a small number of high-end clients, and I like it that way, and it's also really not something I can clone or outsource because it's really my intersection of my brilliance and my passion. I cannot duplicate that. But what I would like to see is I'd like to see me enter other areas of business where I can scale it, where it's something that I can easily build a team around so I don't have to be involved in the minutia of it. I can look at it from a high-end strategic view, but somebody else does the day-to-day -day work. Uh, I realize a profit margin, and ultimately I have, an, I have an asset that when I want to move out of that business, I can sell it lock, stock, and barrel, because right now I can't sell my consulting business unless I sell myself, which would mean getting a job, and I'm not going to do that. Exactly, exactly. So what's been that biggest challenge up until now? I think the biggest challenge up until now has been that uh, attempting – first of all, to find the intersection of my brilliance and my passion. I went through about a three-year exercise. And, Jason, I'm not saying anything I haven't shared on the Business Creators Radio Show a bunch of times. And our regular listeners mm. will remember everything I've said here. Is I went through about a three-year period where I really wasn't sure where I wanted to be when I grew up. So in 2016, I started a blog. Uh, it was a very simple blog. And it had no conversion goal, no monetization goal, no avatar, no nothing. The only purpose of that blog was every day I committed for 90 days that I was going to blog about whatever was grinding my gears or excited me or motivated me or something good had happened in my life. And at the end of the 90 days, go back through those posts and attempt to organize them into categories. Once I did that, that revealed the areas that I wanted to work in, what I wanted to do with my consulting practice, other businesses I wanted to create. It also became the foundation of the spring formula, which is the guiding network and principle behind my book, Groundhog Day is an Event, Not a Business Strategy, which came out on February 2nd, 2018, and achieved Amazon International bestseller status in three countries on the category of semantics. Yeah, beautiful. So then what do you want that to take you towards? What I want that to take me towards is, just to rewind here a little bit, I did some uh, analysis, some number crunching, and some honest evaluation of my life, and I figured out that my uh, current consulting and marketing business that I do with those select clients is really a part-time gig when you think about it, because mm -hmm. very little of the work that I do is so urgent that it has to have a 24-hour turnaround. So I can gather up my list of deliverables, and I can focus all of those and doing those maybe one or two days a week and getting them all done at once, because nothing is so urgent and nothing... Uh, really needs to be so closely implemented that we can't plan ahead a week. 
So what that basically revealed is I have about three and a half days a week where I can work on developing other businesses. And so I'm at a point now where we actually have launched the, the first of our businesses. It's called In Demand Expert, and it's a podcast and live stream booking agency. I'd like to do three more of those before the end of the year, which will give me a total of five streams of revenue. So to ask you the question again, what's been holding you back from setting those things in motion? I think uh, I think a, a combination of just time, because I've allowed my time to govern me rather than me govern my time. And exactly, yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's the biggest thing right there. And I think another contributing factor is recognizing is taking a while to recognize that the situation will never be perfect because. First, it was an item I had to recalibrate my team around the new direction of my business. Then I had to look at who could support this launch. Then I had to look at, well, my audience kind of needs rebuilt. And I had to come to a point where I recognized I just needed to move forward. And all of those factors created uh, varying degrees of analysis paralysis. Yeah. It's where we find ourselves in these places where you know those things you want to be doing, you're just not yet taking action upon them. And you know, there's that personal discovery at times that there's no such thing as finding the time. Instead, there's making the time. So it's where on one right. side of things, there's a little bit of an adjustment that needs to be made in terms of the actual strategy to start to you know really play that game almost as we would call in the hypnosis world or even just therapeutic worlds as parts therapy to divide you up into those individual parts and figure out which of those things absolutely need to be you versus the ones that you can at least maybe do the starter you know segment of it on and then hand off to someone else and a simple example of that is you know I do a ton of video production and I'm responsible for filming it but then from there I do the initial crop of it starts here it ends there but then someone else goes in designs edits and makes it look pretty as we we say in my world uh so there's that side of things in terms of strategy though the other side of it is this bigger issue of the time management of actually you know scheduling that time so it's where on one side of things working with the actual methodology of segregating out those parts and building those systems for success in such a way that you can build that scale but then continue to use those principles you know 5 10 years from now for other parts of your business so there's going to be benefit far beyond what we've done together live the main thing though is again getting that mindset issue in check and as i'd say not just about building habits and behaviors but locking in these new things as rituals so to really look at that schedule in such a way and get that mindset, that subconscious processing in order, that now this becomes that real burning desire, as Napoleon Hill would say in Think and Grow Rich, that this becomes that must in your life, that the benefit of that now becomes, this becomes a priority. So you're able to still maintain the shape of everything else that you're doing, but start to hypnotically build that automatic response that this is what you're driven towards. And uh, there's something amusing about using negative language in a positive way to let this become that healthy obsession, to let this become that positive uh, addiction, to move things forward in your business. So it's where we split the time by looking at the strategy, by doing the actual hypnotic reconditioning to change your mindset towards this. But also, too, it's where as I'm working with people one-to-one -one or even from the platform, teaching, as I brand it, self-hypnosis techniques you can do anytime, anywhere, and nobody knows you're doing something, rather right. than the old-school game of, uh, I don't feel good, I need a dark room and a CD player for an hour. Uh, instead, something you can do in the moment. So if you notice that funk, if you notice that disconnected feeling, 
you'll have a whole bank of techniques you can fire off at will to step back into that peak performance mode to replicate your best of success. And, you know, from there, I'm then learning what's the timeline, what's the schedule of things, and then either custom designing a program for them or kind of building a bit of a hybrid approach at times where it's combining some digital resources as well as the live coaching aspect, too. That's great. Absolutely. So we are actually pretty much at the top of the hour here, and we've covered so many different things and given our business creators some great things to think about. So let's say there's somebody listening right now who's been leaning in and getting interested, and they find themselves on the edge of their seat wanting to know where this can go from here. Just tell us a little bit, Jason, about what you have for us and uh, how somebody can engage with you. I understand, among other things, you have a book out. Yeah, the book Work Smart Business, which is available on Amazon, or simply check out, of course, WorkSmartBusiness.com. I've broken down success into 10 specific strategies and principles. And I mentioned a few moments ago the mindset of techniques you can use anytime, anywhere, and nobody knows you're doing something. And I'll do this for everybody. I'll give a little bit of a freebie for everybody. If you head over to WorkSmartBusiness.com forward slash confidence, that's where you can download a free 15-minute hypnotic audio program that will help you to turn on your own peak performance state of mind to break out of whatever business funk may be there and instead step into that best version of you. The benefit of it being an audio program is you can listen to it as many times as you want, and the method becomes stronger the more you make use of it, even long after you've moved on from the audio. It becomes a thing you can do anywhere, giving you that ability to turn on that confidence at will by your own command, by your own choice. And I'll say that website again. It's really easy to remember, worksmartbusiness.com forward slash confidence. And then also from there, you'll be able to find the, the jasonlinette.com website, the book details as well, and look forward to hearing from people. Okay, great, absolutely. So everybody, uh, make sure you visit Jason's website at worksmartbusiness.com. So Jason Lynette, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and an education. Adam, this has been great. Thanks for having me. All right, for everybody listening, this is Adam Homey, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and be sure to connect with us through your favorite syndication network. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.